welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So great to see you again. And we are here today. We're going to have a great episode on a system in the body that I think doesn't get nearly as much attention as it should. And that is the lymphatic system. But before we jump into the episode, a couple of little bit of housekeeping. Number one, thank you for being here. And if you're feeling inspired by this episode, please, if you could do two things for me. One, Please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to the episode on, whether that's Spotify or Apple, wherever. And two, if you could share it with friends or family or anyone you know in your network who would get benefit from it, because that's how we reach more people. So that's it. Small ask. Now, before we jump into the episode, I wanted to share a little bit about a true cellular health game changer. These are supplements by a company called bodybio.com. And I've been using their products and I particularly love the phospholipid complex, or as we call it affectionately, PC oil. And so really this is about truly taking care of your cells. PC is a biological substrate, a phospholipid that contributes to cellular membrane structure and function. You can think of it like the building blocks that make up the cell membrane. Functionally, PC enhances the free passage of nutrients into the cell while helping to escort waste out, enhancing that process of metabolism. And we all know that better cell metabolism equals better cellular health, which equals a healthier you. Now, with over 25 years as a family business, BodyBio consistently crafts their supplements in-house in the U.S., They are never oxidized or heat treated. This is super important when it comes to oils and fats, guys. You know this. So to check it out for yourself, go to bodybio.com today and you get 15% off your first order when you use code Natalie, and that's Natalie with an H, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E. All right. Now let's talk about this episode a little bit. Did you know that even stress could be causing lymphatic congestion in your body? In this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast, we chat with Desiree Despong about how scars, often mere afterthoughts, can profoundly influence our physical and emotional well-being. Desiree illuminates the importance of the lymphatic system, not just as an aspect of our immune defense, but as a pillar of overall health and shares transformative approaches to therapy that include the use of innovative tools like the flow vibrate, or a vibrating ball for the perennial rehabilitation, and of course, the star of the show, the flow presso suit. Desiree sheds light on the lymph system's role, functioning without a central pump, and instead relying on muscle movement and breath, elements that are within our control. She explains the connection between stress and lymphatic congestion, and how to learn how embracing calm through technology can offer not just a respite for the mind, but also bolster immune function. So Desiree Despong, a visionary leader and the founder and CEO of Metala Health in New Zealand, I am proud to say is a friend. And she's become a friend just in the last year and a half or so since I've met her. She's incredible. She stands at the forefront of lymphatic therapy with nearly two decades of unwavering clinical expertise. A true luminary in her field, 
Now, I'm not making these words up just for Desiree here. She really deserves these. Desiree is not only a seasoned practitioner, but an international educator who passionately imparts her profound knowledge through sought-after courses in lymph node release therapy. Her impact resonates way beyond borders as she graces stages and conferences both in the USA and New Zealand, inspiring clinicians worldwide with her insights. Now, if you're interested in purchasing a Flopresso, two things I need to tell you. Number one is that this product is only sold to health professionals. But if you are a health professional or if you know a health professional in your area and you think they should get a Flopresso, definitely get them to listen to this podcast. If they are super enthusiastic, go to flowpresso.co.nz forward slash buy and complete the form under your inquiry and use coupon code NAT and that will save $400 off their purchase. Now, if you're interested in having a Flowpresso experience, you can go to flowpresso.co.nz forward slash try and the team will let you know if there's one located near you. Now, if you would like to buy a Flow Vibrate, or don't think the ball's available yet, but it will be at some point, but the Flow Vibrate, that little handheld lymphatic drainage device that I own and love, you can buy one of those off the same website and just use code NAT and you will save 10% off your purchase. Okay, I also wanted you guys to know that well, you know this, right? I'm always on the lookout for ways to improve my fitness and metabolism. And recently I've discovered this incredible product made by a company called Armra. Armra is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses these 200 plus living bioactive compounds that help to re rebuild your immune barriers and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed benefits. Colostrum, as you may know, is the first nutrition we receive in life if we're lucky enough to have been breastfed and contains all the essential nutrients we need in order to thrive, at least when we're newborns, right? But as we are adults, there's value here as well. Colostrum has been shown to improve fitness endurance by 20%, decrease recovery time by over 50% after intense exercise, improve stamina, and specifically build lean muscle mass. Ever since I started using it, I've noticed a remarkable improvement in my fitness performance and even recovery. Now, we've worked out a special offer for you guys, my listeners. You can receive 15% off your first order when you go to tryarmra.com forward slash NAT or enter code NAT to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's tryarmra, A-R-M-R-A dot com forward slash NAT. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Well, Desiree, welcome to the show. We're finally getting this done. It's been, how long? I think it's been a year and a half since we've met. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one of those, oh, we must get together sometime. But really what it is, is we need to record a podcast. Yes. And I am just so excited about this because this is a topic that so often flies under the radar. I mean, look, a lot of you guys who are familiar, who are in the health space are going to be, well, duh, lymph. Of course, it's important. But to a lot of people, like we put so much emphasis on 
blood and urine, like all the bodily fluids, and we forget about lymph, and we can forget about how, how critical an underpinning it is to every single aspect of our health and immunity and everything. So I'm just super excited about this conversation. So welcome, thank you. Well, thank you for having me and I'm appreciative because I've been in the industry 20 years and for years it's just been so hard to get the, the, the insight to the lymphatic system and, and the understanding of the important role it plays. So, you know, it's fantastic that we kind of, unfortunately, three years ago went into a scenario that allowed the lymphatic system to almost gain its own notoriety and so but it's meant that it's opened doors and I think it is a, it's a buzzword at the moment it really has become you know it's really oh it's really exciting to see it's getting its own limelight and that people are starting to see the value to drainage mm-hmm. and the function of the lymphatic system which of course is the immune system so yeah I'm very excited to be here thank you you're welcome all right well let's talk about the lymphatic system I mean let's 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 unpack this right so the lymphatic system is, I mean, I just want to let you rip with it because at some level, this is what you do. You educate, educate people about what this lymphatic system is, why it's important. People hear about, you know, lymphatic drainage or supplements or lymphatic massage even, but let's just really unpack what is this, what is this, this system in the body and this fluid and why is it so important to get it moving? And then I'd love to us to, you know, kind of unpack a little bit. What are some of the ways that people can move their lymph just in day to day? You know, we, we talk about, you know, you have to exercise to build muscle and get this and that, but really it's probably one of the best ways to get your lymph moving as well. So anyway, let's talk about the lymphatic system. Let's start with that. So I like to keep it simple because then most people understand it. So I think we all know about the vascular system. So we know our heart pumps blood and the blood feeds the tissue space, which we call interstitium. And that's feeding the cells of oxygen and nutrients. What the lymphatic system is like the, the floodgates, it's the overflow of that tissue fluid that's sitting there around the cells. So it's like the waste system of the body. So I think it's important for people to understand that, yes, you have the bowel and the urine and the way we eliminate, but something has to take the fluid out of that tissue space, so all the byproducts. So once it goes into the lymphatic vessels, it's everything from cancer cells to virus cells to proteins. And so if we just put it as simply as it's the garbage truck taking your rubbish from your house and taking it to a transfer station. Mm-hmm. Now, we have lymph nodes throughout the body, and they're the powerhouse of immunity. So they've got all our different immune cells, so your B cells, which are antibody makers. You've got T cells, which are like the general of an army that are coming in to fight it, whatever's going on in the body. So it's where the fluid goes to, similar to a transfer station, we can get it recycled, uh, we can destroy it. But the key for that is to clean that fluid before it goes back to the heart, which then it'll go through the liver. And that's when you would eliminate eliminate, sorry, the byproduct of that. So I think what we don't understand is, you know, detox is a big thing. It has been a, a really big thing for a long time. But the problem is, is if the drainage pathways, mm-hmm. e.g. the lymphatic system, mm-hmm. isn't operating correctly, then what happens is, let's use the analogy, a goldfish in a bowl, you know, or in an aquarium. So when it's in that water bathing and it's got the nutrients, which is the food we're feeding it, the goldfish is super happy, right? It's floating around. Think of that as your cell. 
So then what happens is over time, if we don't have a filter, Mm -hmm. like a filter of an aquarium, then what happens is you get that build up, right? That's why when you have a bowl for a fish bowl, you have to clean the water a lot to be able to let oh, the yeah. goldfish to survive. So when you're thinking of that, just think of all that accumulation. And I think everyone would know that we've got more, we'll use the word junk or byproduct coming into our bodies more than ever between environmental, you know, as well as the stresses that we're under is causing it as well is that that buildup starts to change the fluid content. And then what happens is if we don't filter out like an aquarium, the goldfish will die, Yeah, similar to the cell. And 100%. I think when we put those analogies in place, people can kind of understand. But also bearing in mind, it's your immune system. It's where the bulk of your immune response is. And therefore, to recover from illness, to overcome COVID, for example, we need a strong immune system that can A, detect and B, to react. And I think now we're seeing more inflammation in the body than ever. And therefore, that's creating a miscommunication in the autonomic, sorry, in the immune system. Therefore, we're seeing this issue where no one's actually draining efficiently and everyone's immune system's under significant strain. Mm. Yeah, I mean, thinking about the lymphatic system as an outcropping of the immune system is a really interesting perspective, right? I yes. think, I mean, people kind of get, oh yeah, my lymph gets rid of trash, but at the same time, to really think about it as harboring immune cells, as, you know, are we recycling these immune cells? Are we getting rid of these things? Are we getting rid of the proteins and the dysfunctional cells? You mentioned cancer cells. I'm sure sen senescent cells are in there as well. And all of this garbage needs to be taken out. Now, where does the, how does the, we, you know, a number of years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I can't remember when it was, the glymphatic system was discovered. Correct. So this was the lymphatic system specific to the brain. And that was a big deal yes. when, when researchers figured this out, right? Because I think the assumption until then had always been, oh, well, the lymph system is somehow it's getting in there, even though we've got this blood brain barrier and, you know, the body is so cautious about what it lets in and out of the cranial, the cranium. Um, and so the glymphatic system, it operates separately Correct. from the lymph system. Yeah, it's within the blood. Um, so you've got the glial cells. So what they found, it's actually at the moment, the research has only been uh, so much so on animals. We still have not been able to work out how to word, use the words test the human brain for how well the glymphatics is functioning. So for years we've taught, and if anyone's been teaching in the lymphatic world, draining the brain. Mm. Because when you think about how incredible the body is and, and how it's created all these different you know, organisms and stuff that's going on in here, we, you would never think that it would just finish at the ears, which is, and we've got three lymph nodes in the face, it didn't make sense that you would not have a lymphatics of the brain. So it does work differently, uh, but it is meeting back into those, we call them cervical nodes in New Zealand, but the cervical nodes so mm -hmm. that it can be drained out. So the more that we can get lymph draining both brain and body, the more efficient. Now, I think one of the things they've identified, which I think is critical to the glymphatics, is that usually it's seven hours of sleep yes. to fully drain the brain. Mm -hmm. Now, most people I meet, you know, every conference I speak at, I, the one question I always ask is, do you sleep more than five, six, seven hours? And most people don't put their hands up, as in a straight, solid sleep. 
that is one of the things we're identifying now is that the quality of your sleep is impacting on many levels and it will impact on glymphatics, also lymphatics, because the more you sleep, anyone that deals with swelling issues will know their swelling goes down at night because yep. we're in a parasympathetic state. And that is some of the two most important things um, that I feel is important, understanding your autonomic function, therefore fight, flight, parasympathetic, B, the fact that your sleep is imperative to how well lymphatic function is. Though I would argue that one day I think science will catch up and realize that when we stimulate lymphatics, we actually do, in a therapeutic sense, we are actually triggering the autonomic function or the change to the vagus nerve, which is impacting on parasympathetic because we see it time and time again. But coming back to your question of the brain, I think the more that we understand, we're still early days, even though it was, I think, 2014, they learned about this, we're still trying to study. One of the things I was doing in New Zealand is I met with a, a group that have a really uh, high-level brain scanner, and they're actually trying to now work out, because they can watch real-life time, what's going on in the brain. They're trying to now work out how we can measure glymphatic function, but we're still early days. And that's why... You know, I'm still waiting to see more research on this, but I think the key for us is so many people suffer from sinus issues. Mm. And I've noticed it significantly being here in the last six weeks in the US, that it, there is a lot of aggravants in your uh, in your you know environment that really do trigger your sinuses. And it, I mean, it could be the water you drink and the food you eat as well. But, you know, a lot of people deal with brain fog more now than ever. We've had a massive increase in dementia, Alzheimer's. There's definitely something going on in regards to that, and therefore, if the brain isn't draining efficiently, then it's just as important if the body isn't. And we always think that this is a bit of a funnel mm -hmm. because you have so many lymph nodes in this quadrant as well that are trying to manage not only what you are breathing in through the nose, but what you're taking in through the mouth. And that all has to be impacting as well. Yeah, that's super interesting. Okay, so we're still kind of figuring this out, right? The the glymphatic system does it does it have its own conduit, or is it using these these nodes to basically drain into the main system? And then, do we know that yet? So my is understanding it... is that it sits within the vessel, the blood vessel of the brain. So it's trying to drain through there, and then it meets into the lymphatics, into the cervical or cervical nodes, and then it's draining out through there because. Otherwise, it would go through the, the spinal fluid, which wouldn't make Doesn't sense. Doesn't make any sense. sense, right? No. And there's no, well, we don't know if there's any cleansing process there yet, but we're not aware of one. So it will, for me, it must track back through. The other option is it could end up straight in the blood. And that's it just, again, it doesn't make sense unless it's just going to get processed straight through the liver. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm a little bit just careful at the moment, because I think we're still learning and bearing in mind that we're only doing this on animals at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, the brain, New Zealand, the New Zealand brain. Well, <laughs> New, Zealand New Zealand brain, brain is unique. <laughs> um, that the, you know, the human brain, yeah, I'm just, I, I think we're waiting for more information to be 100% sure on what, because this was, if you notice, there's not been much progression since that finding. Mm -hmm. So we're still trying to wait to see what else that they can learn. But it does not make any sense to me that you would stop the lymphatic system at the ears. No, you know, it well, it's got to go somewhere. It, it has to be, there has to be more to this. And I think the further we can learn, the better, you know, and the more we can learn. And, and you know, I was at a, I was at a tech conference in the New Zealand 
And I was in amongst people in the universities that were very much focusing on brain function. And every one of them I challenged around the glymphatics and they all looked at me blank. They weren't sure Hmm. how to even answer any of my questions. So if we're not even understanding it on that level, then, you know, how do we filter that down into delivering education to people? But I think the key for me is if you've got a sinus problem, if you've got a puffy face, if you've got, uh, you know, you're dealing with... Even your, under the eyes, Under right? the eyes, yep. Both hollow or very puffy. Yeah. You know, brain fog. If you're dealing with any of those conditions, then you are definitely having some sort of accumulation in the brain. And that is always a concern for longevity in the future. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Another um, another place to look. Now, this is less about the brain, as far as we know. Who knows? It could be tied in. But I think it was um, I think it was Mindy Pels who was talking about under the arm. Are you puffy or are you hollow mm-hmm. in the in the armpit? Because if you're pu- if you've got a ball there, if you're puffy, that's a sign of lymph that's not draining. Whereas if you're hollow, yes. then that would be a sign of proper drainage and and less buildup. And that's why it's called an armpit. Pit, as opposed to not an arm puff. So I mean, just so you know, yeah. Like if anybody's getting confused, it's an armpit, not a puff. Just to be a little bit more though, some people do suffer from a fat accumulation and they, they talk about the second breast. And it is a buildup of fat tissue that can occur in the armpit. But most people I find are dealing with an accumulation of lymphatic fluid, both in their armpit, but another good indicator is coming around into the subscapulus, around the back, um, under the, you know, the back of the arm there down the side where you get quite puffy around where the breast, uh, sorry, where the bra is. Yeah. You know, that's another good indicator that you are not draining efficiently through the armpit. And bearing in mind, if we have to think of the, the scenario of breast cancer, most clearing of lymph nodes are done in the axilla, so the armpit. So it is a hub of activity. So we really do want to get that moving. It's really important for breast health, but for also lung health as well. It's just Mm. as much a part of the accumulation. And you can actually get from a surface lymphatics, the way we drain from a surface perspective, is anything from the waist up can also end up in the armpit. So it is accumulating a lot of fluid and therefore it is another big indicator. Also sinus, you will get swelling in the armpit often. From sinuses. Mm-hmm. It's Interesting. a backflow. It's like, it's like you're, think about it as a river or a stream. And as children, you would put in rocks and bricks and try to create a dam. Mm-hmm. It's no different. When there is an accumulation, you start to back up. And the same thing occurs in lymphatics is if you're not able to get through those rocks or let's say the accumulation, you'll find that then you start to fill out in other locations of the body. So as a practitioner, when we're draining lymphatics, or when we're trying to manually help your body do that, you'll find that you'll start to get rid of that surface buildup. So the next session may be really tender because those lymph nodes now are able to be touched, first and foremost, because you've got away rid of the accumulation. But they've been struggling for a while. So mm. they're no different to swollen lymph nodes with a sore throat. They're tender. And so you know you're getting somewhere with people, but it requires pumping and moving to actually get lymph going. And I think you asked about earlier, how do we move it? You know, there's one part that's called what they call a lymphangion, which is a muscle that's uh, attached to the lymphatic vessels. And it's a bit like squeezing a towel out. So it's that as it moves its way through. And that's actually stimulated by the parasympathetic. 
So that's where it gets interesting. Again, sleep helps to reduce fluid. So in a sympathetic state where you're in fight and flight, I mean, the lymphatic system is not a priority. Like at the end of the day, in a sympathetic state, when you're fight and flight, your body's prioritizing survival. Yep. And the lymphatics don't rank. Get my muscles to run. Yeah. I've got to run. I've got to breathe. I've got to get going. So it's not until you get into this parasympathetic state, that which I guess is why also something like a very gentle yoga class, because we all know yoga can be as it's going to be as sympathetic as, as a CrossFit class, right? Yes. If it's very yes. hardcore. Yes. But to get into the more of that yin yoga, more of the, the restorative yoga, probably can facilitate that kind of wringing out of the vessels to a degree. Correct. Some of the best research I've seen are, especially people that deal with lymphedema or lipedema, is on uh, yoga. It's one of the best ways to move your lymphatics because of the breath mm-hmm. and because of the movement. Now, muscular, so the lymphatic system, under, unlike the heart, doesn't have a pump. Right. And it's going against gravity. So right. it doesn't really work that great unless you move. So skeletal or muscular movement, like yoga, like rebounding, all okay. those things that we used to do. I was going to say the vibration plate, the, vibration the rebounder. Plates, correct. Yeah. Walking, running, movement is going to help still move the lymphatics because we're pushing it uphill, literally. And then probably the third one, which is the most important one, and I see it as a significant issue, is the breath and how mm. well we breathe. So, you know, they've even shown that to propel fluid, so just to understand if you've got swelling in your ankles, you've got to get that fluid to the back of your knees, into the groin, up through, now you either take it through surface, which I said would have to take it to the axilla, or you come up through what they call a thoracic duct, which is up through the center of the chest to meet to the left subclavian vein, which is above on your left shoulder, which is to meet with the heart. So that's a lot to have to get somewhere, right? It's a long way. So the breath is the big part for me because the breath will actually improve the diaphragmatic pumping to move that fluid up through that chest wall to be able to meet to that left subclavian. And so many people are sitting at desks now. They're not moving as much as they used to. We're getting more and more accumulation in the pelvic floor. And this could be why we have more issues for both women and men in that area. Mm-hmm. Because it's stagnating, the fluid isn't moving to the same degree. We shallow breathe, especially if we're stressed. And we're seeing increased you know, anxiety, stress issues anyway with COVID. So we know that the breath will be impacted by that. And it is one of the areas, if any self-care, to help lymphatics move is really focus on deep abdominal breathing because mm. it is significant. But guess what? It engages parasympathetic which again will engage lymphangions, which again will help more lymphatic drainage. That's amazing. And so that deep breath, guys, you know, I think that one of the things we forget is deep breathing. What a lot of people will do is inhale and pick up their shoulders, right? We're chest breathing. And the idea here is to place your hand on your belly and breathe into your belly. So allow that belly to come out, which of course none of the girls want to do because we always want to be sucking in our belly, yes. which is probably <laughs> part of the issue in the first place. But to breathe deep into the belly, allow that expansion of the belly out, and then use the belly coming back in to move the breath back up. And it's worthy to just spend even 10 minutes in the morning just doing this, whether you're standing or sitting um, and I would say standing is probably better because as soon as we're sitting, we're, we're creating this angle 
that's impeding the flow of fluid up and down. We do have a really good one where you can, if you're capable of doing it, is you lie on the floor with your bottom up against a wall legs and you place your legs up the wall yeah. and you do your breath. And that will help drain the legs into the abdomen and then the breath will help pull it up to the, the termini so that we're above the, the clavicle here. And so that's a really good one, but it, you know, it actually does downregulate. So if you are someone who is, you know, got a stressful day and you need to just calm down a little bit and get your body into sleep mode, that is one of the quickest ways to shift that out. Well, that actually lowers cortisol, mm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you're saying about downregulating. I remember when I used to do CrossFit, when you did like one of those workouts where you literally, you know, your body pretty was pretty sure, surely we're getting chased by a lion. Like why else would we ever be doing anything like this? <laughs> and so at the end of the class, it would be legs up the wall. Yes. And it's amazing how you can feel your whole system downregulating yeah. and coming back into some kind of balance. And it's actually a great thing to do before bed. Yes. Just Absolutely. that simple, stupid little exercise of nothing um, is phenomenal. So, okay, so we're we're moving our bodies to limit. Is there, like I have spoken to people, actually there's one lady in particular, I think you know her, she's in New Zealand. And in her case, there's she's so blocked up that even doing manual lymphatic drainage isn't working for her. And what do you think is, is up with that? Like it's... So there's two things we look at. One is what is going in to keep aggravating the situation further. So is there medication? Is there food that are aggravants? Because for me, you know, if you can't move and sustain movement of lymphatics, there has to be something that's impeding the lymphatic flow. So that's what I said. The first one is we're thinking about, well, are you still eating something that's creating an inflammatory response that Mm. then is creating the lymph to be still an issue? And then the other one is we use the similar philosophy to chiropractors or osteos, structure equals function. So are they misaligned? So is their pelvic, you know, Mm -hmm. is their pelvis out in some form? That means that the flow of the vessels, which are our lymphatic capillaries, are all kind of moving upwards. So, you know, no different to a scar. A scar can impede the lymphatic function. So if scar, for example, if someone's had a... uh, like, you know, any sort of surgical on the knee or even a uh, brain's just gone dead, you know, when we have our children, our a C-section. C-section. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, still acclimatizing to log- Las Vegas time. Uh, <clears throat> so if you've had a C-section, you've got a scar, which is usually, you know, vertical. Uh, sorry, para- horizontal. horizontal instead of vertical. And it's deep. And it's deep. And therefore, if you think lymphatic vessels are trying to go up, then it's going to impede the way. So what they do, we say is it reroutes. So especially if there's some deep scarring, it's having to find a different pathway. So no different to if I go back to the stream again, you know, when you build it up so much, it starts to find a different way to mm-hmm, route. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the body. So all of these things impede the flow. And that's where, you know, for me, you've got to really think about what is going on in the body that's stopping the flow function because it's never just one thing and that's why and everyone's individual so we always look at scars we always look at what are you eating what are you drinking what is your life really like are you eliminating efficiently pooping peeing all those things that Mm -hmm. the body needs to do to get rid of waste Mm -hmm. so are your drainage pathways 
able to be moved through the system? Is the liver okay? And then are you misaligned in some way that's impeding the actual way that the lymphatic system can flow? And then the nervous system. Oh, yeah. That's right? another Because that story. being that chronic, because, you know, like we come across people who are, and also who have been sick for so long. Yes. They've been out of balance for so long and it becomes like this self-perpetuating loop where I think doing the nervous system work is almost as, imp- well, it is as important as every, you know, there's the mechanical piece of it and then that nervous system, which is also mechanistically causing causing issues and yet doing it just from a something that we don't think of as me- mechanistic, right? Yes. I think it's the missing link. I think we've completely forgotten like if you look at of all the ways they've gone in centuries of of health uh, management that's gone on whether it's eastern ayurvedic and all the rest they're all talking in different ways they talk about the the resting of the soul the rest the yeah. meditation the need because you know i think we've created a new normal and the new normal in our studies when we were doing this as part of our tech was that heart rate variability we were finding, and this wasn't just your everyday person, this was first responders as well who were trained to manage stress, especially, let's say, the equivalent of your SWAT. We did AOS, and, and so that's Armed Defenders Scorn in New Zealand. And there they were more stressed lying down, so they were in a more sympathetic state, higher tension index, higher standard deviation than what they were standing. You're kidding. No. And we were seeing that even like worse than firefighters because they wake to go to response. So they will go to bed and they respond with being woken to an alarm. And we started to go, this is incredible. And you were watching it in everyday illness as well. It was the same thing. It was like, it was like if we if we think about the autonomic nervous system, think of the the deer. I think this is a good analogy. The deer and then the lion comes to chase the deer. What is the deer? The deer takes off, it runs for its life. And then as soon as it feels it's out of danger, it just goes back to eating its grass mm-hmm. again. It's happy as, like no risk, no issue. It doesn't sit, there. sit and think about, oh, yeah. my God, yeah. that lion it was crazy. Thank God I got away from the lion. Yeah. What if there had been another lion? Are they what, still there? Are they still there? Yeah. <laughs> so they don't. They release, right? They release. Maybe does that, sh- that full body shake that dogs do to reset their nervous system and then they're done. Definitely. And I think what happens with us, though, is that we're we're going into this state where, and we don't come out as well anymore. And because we've had a perpetual amount of issues in the last three years where we didn't know what was going to happen next, that automatically puts someone into a state of fear or uncertainty, and that puts us into response mode. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting for the next thing. And what happens is people's ability to regulate and from sympathetics parasympathetic has become uh, a further advancement in space between the two so knowing what a sense of calm is different to what really it needs to be and we see that so I've just done a, a bit of a road trip through Virginia and I was doing this for police officers and paramedics and firefighters and we were only giving them like 15 minute sessions now these people are going through like not only did they go through their own personal trauma with the the pandemic and shutdowns and everything, but they also are seeing it every day and the people and the stress that's out there. And most police officers now will say that they, you know, they give a prayer every day, they come home alive because Mm. it's that traumatic out there. But what was fascinating for me was how that moment of just putting them in our technology and seeing that shift where they came out went, wow, 
I feel so different because you give the body a chance to sense what it feels like again to actually be in a state of calm. Now, remember, this is an autonomic nervous system, right? It's autonomic. So, you know, if we're, it, it becomes a struggle because we can try and do meditation, we can do, try and do all these different things. And over time, yes, that will reset it. But it takes time yeah. because the body's got into a habit of mm -hmm. being prepared. And I think if people understand that, they don't get so hard on themselves. Or why can't I meditate? Why can't I regulate? It's because it's become accumulative. Yeah. And I think that's why the rise of technology, mm -hmm. different technologies to help us to hack into our nervous system to get it to release, right? So whether it's, you know, something you wear on your chest or, you know, there's a bunch of different technologies right now around to to help the both the vagal nerve tone to yes. improve, to give a signal to the brain, we're safe, it's okay. But to your point, we can't bully our way into it. We can't muscle our way into a, a parasympathetic state necessarily. And so, and I also think that's why we're seeing so much more, there's so much more attention being paid to things like psilocybin or CBD or all of these compounds that we're looking to what can we access to help the body or to help take our minds offline a little bit to allow the body to get into that restorative state that it needs? And um, yeah, so, okay, so lymphatic drainage, we understand the importance of lymph. So you've talked a bit about some of the conditions that are really affected by lymph blockages. And obviously cancer is at the top of the list and so often doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, there's breast cancer, but any cancer is mm -hmm. needs this immune system, this, this immune flush, if you will, to be efficient. Um, but not even, I mean, if you have a cold, if you have a flu, if you have the worst flu that's come across, you know, over, over the last number of years kind of thing. Um, and I also think, you know, the, this whole issue of being in, in, a par in a sympathetic state all the time, Never mind COVID, like right now, even the state of the world, like you turn mm -hmm. on the news, probably, you know, we all know that the worst thing you can do before bed is turn on the news. It's always been the worst thing and it's not getting any better. So yes, <laughs> it's, sadly. it's um, having, um, giving yourself that opportunity to, to shut down. So let's talk a little bit about what you've invested so much of your time and energy into, like a technology that is really next level. And you know what, guys, this isn't actually the kind of thing that you would necessarily buy for your home because it's really a practitioner tool. Although there was that woman at the biohacking conference who convinced you to sell it to her. And now she's had such incredible success with it. She's opened a little practice of her own to give relief to people through this. So let's talk a little bit about the technology and what it really is. Cause you know, there's other versions of it out there, but there's nothing quite like what you're doing. <laughs> Having tried them all, I'm just going to say. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so it actually came about, uh, I was teaching here in the States uh, a different technique in, in lymphatics and uh, it came about out of a frustration from a doctor here who wanted to find a solution because it's actually not easy to get really well-trained lymphatic drainage therapists. And, and to be fair, it's time-consuming on us. You know, it takes about an hour and a half to do the whole body and, you know, the results are accumulative over time. So people have to invest at least, you know, maybe six to 10 sessions. And, you know, so people kind of want a quick fix, right? And though I'm not into that, it was more about, is there a way that we can create this? And so 
he encouraged me, uh, though this, I was only a clinician, you know, I didn't think I had the ability to create tech, but I went back to New Zealand and, and I kind of became the mad scientist. I was in a basement, <laughs> kind of, that's exactly how it was. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, because, you know, I needed the time and I, I actually had a, you know, I had a 12 practitioner center. It was really busy and I, I was a bit burnt out. So it was a good opportunity to try and do something different. So I studied around the world. I did look at a lot of different tech. It's kind of really funny. I've, I almost want to set a museum up of what I've got, um, of everything I gave. But what I found it was that it was the, it was the particularly sequential movement of the technology. So the way the compression pumps you had mm -hmm. to mimic what the lymphatics did. And I think one of the greatest, I think you were, were you there? No, one of the greatest uh, compliments I got was in Orlando and uh, upgrades and it was a ED doctor. And he said he had tried every compression that he thought was around. And he said, this would have to be the closest I've seen mimic the lymphatics, which wow. was a huge honor to me because that was my hope was to do that. So Long story short, we rolled out February 2020 with this technology. So it kind of looks a little bit scary, you know. A lot of people look at it and go, I'm not getting in that. And because uh, you look like you're, you know, a bit of a transformer or someone's about you to put you in a moon suit and send you to the, you know, the moon. But it's not that at all. It, I, I relate it very similar to the swaddle. It's like you're being mm -hmm. wrapped up, loved and hugged. Yeah. And it's the only way to take away the concern about it. And we can modify it to anyone that's got, you know, does deal with anxiety and stress. We can remove the arms. We've got all these different ways. And that's why it's practitioner only because we found that, it, you know, we really needed to think about the individual and we wrap you individually. So we wrap you for you. We adjust every setting for you. So it's a combination of compression and heat. And what I found with doing that is not only did I create the movement to get the flow within the lymphatics, but I was trying to also get vasodilation. I was trying to get blood flow because it's a circulatory system. Mm -hmm. And there is issues where the blood vessels will leak what they call plasma protein and it goes into the tissue space. And the only system that can return it back to the blood is the lymphatic system. Right. So you need those two to flow well together to encourage movements. You want improved blood flow, but you also want improved lymphatic flow. And then together you create this unique combination. But with everything, you know, life brings you challenges. So we launched February 2020 to March be uh, locked down as a whole country. And so yeah. that kind of threw us a little bit, but we had this critical incident in our hometown with the police. And it meant that the team that were involved, which is similar to your SWAT, just needed to downregulate. It was quite a traumatic situation. So we brought them in. They asked me if they could test my theory because they'd been hearing rumors of the studies we were doing with heart rate variability. We were finding lung, you know, blood pressure. We were these people were, you know, de-stressing in the suit. So we put them through this, and they were, you know, some one was ex-army. He had never felt anything like it. So we went then into a pilot study, and this is when we were measuring extra, extra uh, sorry, everything, you know, from heart rate to blood pressure to sleep measures to our stress and anxiety we saw this significant change in sleep. So it was a 91% improvement. Wow. And that is considered significant in research, of which there was a 25% change. So what that meant for a lot of these, some were sleeping eight hours for the first time in 40 years. Some were getting at least two to three hours better quality of sleep. And then we knew we were onto something different, not just what the original development was, was for lymphatics. So this kind of set me off on a little bit of a tangent to try and work out the why. Yeah. 
And that's when we identified we're delivering similar to deep pressure therapy. So people would know about weighted blankets now. It's kind of a thing to downregulate. Well, this was taking it to another whole level where we were swaddling you. So wrapping every part of your body. So there's a foot um, piece, there's a leg, abdomen, arms, and then there's a back piece as well. And the idea was to bring as much warmth and compression to your body so it's full body. Where I struggle with compression and the way we've dealt with our lymphatics, and this is, you know, my view on this, and, you know, but it's it's a whole system. And I could never understand in the lymphology industry why we only managed one limb. Hey, folks, a quick note about one of my favorite topics is bioregulators. Bioregular peptides, as many of you know, is one of the most powerful strategies that we have to help to restore youth at a cellular level. And where I love to buy my bioregulator peptides from is Profound Health. Profound Health sells the original Cavinson peptides as capsules and some of them even as sublingual sprays. Now, those capsules are designated as nutritional supplements. So they're basically vitamins. And you just need to pop two a day for be it 30 days or 10 day cycles, depending on what approach you're taking. And that will help to signal your body to rejuvenate and renew yourself at a cellular level specific to the bioregulator that you're using. Now, to get those bioregulators and even to find out lots more information about them, you can go to profound-health.com and use discount code longevity15 on your first order and save 15%. And let's get back to the episode. Yeah. So like we're obsessed with legs and then it stops right there. Yes. So just to explain to you guys who are just listening to this, and I mean, even if you're watching, we haven't actually hauled anything out, but imagine that you have a, you have a wrap that goes around your foot. You have another wrap that goes around the bottom of your leg. We now have the next wrap goes around the, the thigh all the way up to the hip right? We now have a wrap that does your whole torso Mm -hmm. and we have wraps around the arms right up, right up. So, and what's happening is the compression starts at your toes Mm -hmm. and it comes in waves up the legs through the torso and then the arms, right? The arms are last. Yes. It's it's been a while since I've been in this thing. I'm counting the minutes till I get back in. (laughs) Um, But literally imagine that you're just being, there's this warm, Gent- and, you know, the pressure is adjusted, as Desiree was saying, to the individual. So for some people, it's going to go deeper than others. But it's it's like this whole combination of heat, milking, and deep pressure points being hit at the same time. Yeah. it's And I got to tell you, it's when it gets to the torso, it is a feeling like you've never had. It's There's nothing can really prepare you for it. It's And I mean that in a very amazing, pleasant unbelievable way. We have so much going on in our abdomen and I'm trained in an Eastern view. So, you know, I've never understood why we didn't do more stomach massage, for example, or more heat around the kidneys. And, you know, uh, so, you know, just with the understanding of Eastern philosophies, kidneys are chi, our energy, our vitality. And of course, you know, we need our kidneys to function well for not only our adrenals, so our Mm -hmm. stress response, but also the way we regulate fluids. So, You know, there was so much validity around why you would consider this as an important part. But more importantly, as I said earlier on, if I want to get swelling from my ankles up to my heart, I need to get it through the abdomen area. And therefore, my concern has always been if we pump fluid, say, for example, 
just from the legs to the abdomen and you haven't got the ability to move it up, yeah. so you're not active enough or you're chronically unwell, then how do we get it from there and get it up to your heart without it? And then, then the concern is, are we creating another problem by pulling, or what is an analogy we use in, in lymphatics, where we, we leave the fluid there to stagnate there now. Yeah, which is going to make problems in that area. Exactly. And so that's why for us, but it is most, <clears throat> how we came about, so when we ask you, we ask you to clearly define when you're in session with us is, is it a hug or a blood pressure cuff squeeze? We do not want it to be blood pressure cuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason we started asking about the hug was so many people in my initial studies were going, I feel like I've been hugged all over. And so we keep that analogy and it's a good analogy because people can understand that. Some people don't like being physically hugged, but when you get them in the suit, they go, oh, I mean, the cutest was a firefighter the other day and he goes, comes out after a small session and he goes, wow, I really feel like I have been hugged all over. Yeah. And I thought that was such a, a neat thing to even hear from, you know, people that are out in the front line dealing with what they do, that they can even recognize, recognize that. that. Yeah. I actually, why don't you talk a little bit about the children? Because I think that's so remarkable, you know, so we're all sitting here having this big grown-up discussion about toxins and clearing waste and the whole nine yards, but there's, and, but I want to keep bringing it back to the nervous system because it's, I think we cannot stress enough how critical that act, deactivation of the nervous system or activation of the other arm of the nervous system is so important. And you've done some really amazing work with children with you know, whether it's autism or emotional dysregulation issues. And if you have this one story about the little boy that, you know, brings me to tears every time you tell it. There's been a few of other chronic fatigue. No, well, the little boy who'd lost his parents. Oh, yeah. So so in the United States, there's a bit of a ruling around uh, anything under the age of 22 with FDA is considered an adolescent. So to be able to get recognized, uh, you know, as a regulatory requirement, you need to go and do studies with children. So we've had a couple of different studies underway in New Zealand, one with a particular group of children in a school, and they ranged from autism right through to learning difficulties. They were a group of what we call red zone, which is children that are dealing with in in environments that, you know, are not healthy on any level, uh, who they're living with, etc., so we, they started the study and uh, they were sending me photos and, you know, uh, giving me insight into what happened. And there was one particular child who was suffering from autism and he came in and, and they put him in and they didn't think he would lie there long enough. And uh, the first one, so he was really funny because they texted me and said, oh, this needs to be your byline. And it was Parents did not think he would last more than five minutes. Well, I'm surprised he allowed them to even wrap him up, yeah, right? Because that, that in and of itself would be the first hurdle. Well, actually, the autistic kids love it because it's a real hold. It's a yeah. real safety. It's like weighted blankets. So anyway, the first thing he says is, it feels like a prison, a warm prison, and a prison <laughs> you want to go to. And I went, <laughs> okay, that's probably not good for our, our branding, but okay. But the most emotional one was a little boy who had no father and recently lost his mother and he was asked to understand that it had to be a hug because we really have to talk with children through the to get that real recognition it's not supposed to be sore or hard mm-hmm. anyway he gets out of it and he just looks at everyone with tears in his eyes and he goes that's the first hug I've had since my mum died okay losing it again yes <laughs> it, it was 
But the, one of the more beautiful ones is I did a study with chronic fatigue and I had this 11-year-old who was really, it's really chronic fatigue is tough in kids and he had been two years and he was only like two half days a week going to school. His mother was devastated because, you know, husband husband, and, and the father and mother. But the mother was really struggling. She couldn't understand this condition and how it was so debilitating. And anyway, we put him, starts putting him through and he starts to change. He's all of a sudden out playing soccer. And then three sessions, he wants to go to school more and he's not lying on the couch every day. And it was so profound to watch. And he just started this, it was like you were getting, she was getting his son back. And then I recognized that, hang on a minute, if he's been under this condition, the mother's been under so much anxiety and stress to manage it, let's put mum in now. So you put them both in the same room together. And, you know, I'm going to say, I, you know, I've been trained in New Zealand to understand energy, I'll, I'll put it that way. And, and you'd really felt this beautiful experience going on between them and she was crying throughout the whole session but you leave them to just do what they're to do and he of course has a small children only have 20 minutes adults have 40 and so he's watching her and and she goes to sit up and she's just got tears flooding down and she goes I can't believe how stressed I was I just I just and she's so emotional and I kid you not, this 11-year-old walks up, sits beside her, rubs her back and says, but mum, this is what Floprezo does. It helps you let go. Oh. And that's when we saw the magic change. That was when we realised that we, we're too quick to just think of the person that's ill. Oh, the people around them. We forget about the care and the support around them, like especially with cancer, that the caregivers, you know, they are just as much in need of support. And what then led me was to go into a whole lot of study and there's actually research to show that a child with chronic fatigue, there is a strong link to a mother going through a traumatic pregnancy or birth. Mm. So there's always this intergenerational effect or intercellular effect that we're just not recognizing. And and I think, you know, for me, Flopreso came out of lymphatics, but man, as it opened up, so many other opportunities from a sense of we now know cells have a memory we now know that we hold our trauma mm -hmm. we know that we have intergenerational trauma that if the space is held enough long enough for you to feel safe again then that allows you to let go of what no longer serves you right so for yeah. me it's like it's not and then the lymphatics if you want to understand emotion if you're into louise hay or net noon or all those people yeah. that speak about that it's all about letting go mm -hmm. what no longer what do you want why are you still holding on to something what is it you want to let go of and allow you to get rid of the anxiety so you can be back into harmony so you know for me it makes total sense but it's a real holistic approach yeah. And science is catching us up to make it valid because I'm very big about research and validity and being able to explain all these things. And, and as I use in New Zealand, it's not just about the woo-woo, yeah. as we call it. It's putting something to it. But, yeah, the, the children are, are amazing. And, and what was the most beautiful part is they had one a week for six weeks. And what we found is the I met one of the teachers who was very – he said to me he wasn't really believing anything would change. Super skeptical. You want, you want those people. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> and he had two in the trial, and he said not only are they more engaging, they're happy, they're actually doing their schoolwork again. They, and then they had one who was had a lot of truancy and was not turning up to school, but he always turned up every day for that Flo Prezzo Interesting. session. 
Interesting. So you do, children are, you know, there's no placebo with children, right? So I think it's one of the most beautiful things. So we're going to continue our studies uh, because we want to be able to get it recognised as below 22 years of age, which we find quite hard to understand in New Zealand that you're considered an adolescent then. But, uh, you know, it just helps. Yeah. But I think most adults have this, you know, are a little bit more complex to be able to take there, but we do see it more and more uh, counsellors and psychologists are using it now because of the ability to create an opportunity for you to feel safe again, calm again. And then you'll find people will open up. You would think so. Like to do a flow presso before a therapy session, like especially with people dealing with tra- deep trauma. It's magical. would be unbelievable. So, you know, so all you guys are probably sitting there thinking, okay, well, this is great, but I can't get it in my house. What the hell am I supposed to do with this information? So first of all, the information is about understanding the critical importance and understanding lymph in a different way, right? And its connection to not only your health and your immunity, but your nervous system regulation, which ultimately boils down to even your emotional health, your ability to regulate, your ability to to sleep and restore and do all of those important things. So if you don't own a clinic, if you know someone who owns a clinic around you, this is the type of technology that I think we need to start bringing forward in the world. Like, you know, you've got the Theraguns and the, you know, all, the, all the things that are going to beat it out of you. Yeah. But at some level, this is kind of a next level. And what I love about it, even though you mentioned woo, the woo piece, it's, there's so much physical benefit to this that even someone who's not willing to go to the emotional piece can can kind of anchor themselves in the physical piece and then witness the emotional yes happen as a result like there's there's so much already value in the in the physical piece but just to not leave you guys with nothing because Desiree has been did spend some time sitting there thinking okay but what can I t- send people home with like what can we do to take this home and so there's two more things we're going to talk about quickly I don't know how long we've been talking, but I'm guessing for a while, um, (laughs) that are things that you can use at home. It's not going to give you, like, let's be clear, it's not going to give you the experience of a Flopresso treatment. Ain't going to happen. But these are, one of them I own, and it's a very beautiful little handheld tool that you can just sit and hold it in places where you might have lymph accumulation. And with a very gentle vibration, can, and, and this is the thing, I think, with lymph, it's a little bit like a muscle. My guess is if you go at it too hard, you may get a paradoxical reaction where yes. there's going to be a fighting back of yes. not letting go. Whereas if you go at it with very gentle vibration, you're kind of convincing the system to trust and to relax into it. Correct. So what we didn't touch on just quickly is fascia. So fascia is your connected right. tissue. <laughs> so that's what holds you together, basically. If you didn't have that, you'd fall apart even if you have got the skeletal or the muscular system so fascia is is the 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 connection to everything that we have so it's got and it's even now they're understanding that that's where we hold emotions etc so it Mm -hmm. sits the lymphatic system sits just underneath that so if there's rigidity in in the fascia so you know you've got back pain or something like that that will impact also on the lymphatic so that's your structure equals function again so one of the things I found through with lymphatics and fascia is vibration. So think of the vibration plate. 
vibration, though those can be a little bit intense for some people, but vibration allows movement, right? It's a vi- it's it's so the body can't get so that whereas you're they're sergeant your guns are more muscular. They're like, let's pound at the muscle, which is fantastic if you've got muscular issues. Whereas vibration's all about trying to get the glide back in. Mm-hmm. And well, and adhesions in the fascia will prevent the muscle from healing. Exactly. Like let's not forget, anybody who's had serious muscular, even rotator cuff, yes. knee issues, if the fascia isn't brought online, you don't get that resolution. Correct. So that's why uh, Flow Vibrate was created. And it was initially created because of the glymphatics and because that's one area we can't put compression like I can imagine no one would want compression around their throat so uh, it was an, an issue for us so we had to think about well I had to think outside the square and that's when flow vibrate came about so it's a handheld tool so it's designed it's got three different vibrations in it uh, and and there's not frequency to it it's just purely you know, light, medium and hard. And the hard one was designed so if you wanted to use it on other parts of your body. So it doesn't just need to be for the face mm-hmm. and the neck area. But what we did find is that when people started using it to the degree that they have now, is not only did it drain the puffiness of the face, the sinuses, it also released TMJ. So mm. the jaw, the stress that people hold when they grind their teeth or their pathways when they're not breathing correctly at night. It helps stimulate vagus so people were sleeping better. But then it could be used on like your armpit or your arm puff where you put it under the armpit and just leave it there. And that's the great thing is you can just press and hold. So if we go back to a what can I do for myself, you know, when we talked earlier about lying on the floor with your feet up against the wall, you could put either a warm pack on your abdomen to help increase the vascular flow to your organs so that you're actually encouraging the liver to process, or you can put it on your kidneys if you prefer. And then you can have a hand tool where you're just gently placing because you're not doing too much. So you're not putting the body back into parasympathetic. You're mm-hmm. just allowing, and you can use this on the abdomen. There's a technique that we have for constipation. Uh, you can use it on your legs, the back of the knees, wherever there's lymphatics, it can be used. And I think that's where the advantage was. Yeah, no. And it fits in your pocket. So if you guys are listening to this, you're going to want to check out the YouTube just so you can see it. It's it's a cute little device. It some kind, sometimes gets mistaken for another type yeah. of device because yeah, it vibrates. I'm, um, and it's handheld and I'm sure it's got its purposes there, but you know, if again, for the head on over to YouTube and you can see me, I've got it here right in the, right underneath my jawbone and it's going to help to open up the lymphatics. The lymphatics. Yeah. You can use it on your face, yeah. which is really interesting for people who get really puffy under the eyes and right. the sinuses, right? Yes. And then, um, so this is the flow vibrate handy dandy little tool and it's also really good because where the button is it's not going to get turned on in your bag so it won't embarrass you going through security (laughs) yeah it does look when i created it it was not going to be thought about that as a design but unfortunately it came out like that and i it wasn't until a couple of people said i went oh oops yeah Uh, but you know at the end of the day you know, we're all about flow. So we don't get caught up into what you do. It's more about that it was designed because of the vibration and because it contours around the jawline so well and everything has a placement when you're doing with lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. So yes, uh, there is. And we have sequences to show you how to use it. That's amazing. And where are the sequences on your website? There's on a YouTube. So if you were to put in Flow Vibrate, you can. We've also got an Instagram that uh, has them like how to use them on the abdomen, how to use it on the axilla and the breast tissue, like things like that, so that you can use it in different places. Beautiful. And and 
wait, there's more because Desiree didn't stop there. Tell me about the ball. So there's, you know, by the time this podcast hits, this baby will probably be launched. This looks like kind of a knobby little ball. It's silicone, I'm guessing. Yes. And if I hold my thumb down at the bottom, it'll start to vibrate. And if I hit again, it'll vibrate in waves. Yeah, it's like an oscillation. It's like a syncopatic if someone's into that understanding. So it's at different ranges so that you're creating the ability for the body because vibration after a time the body might get used to it whereas this is to change the mode of it so the idea is coming back to fascia Mm -hmm. well one of the things first was we didn't have anything in our suit for the axilla or the armpit so we wanted to be able to put them into the armpit so that you could get that drainage through there while we were moving especially if you're dealing with any sort of you know armpit breast chest issues we wanted to be able to accommodate for that But I think one of the big things coming out of everything is that I've seen is this fascia component. Mm -hmm. And everything I was looking at to consider was they were they were a lot bigger and harder and and, you know, you couldn't lie in them, you couldn't work with them in a way that was either practitioner based or, you know, as an individual at home, you know, if you want to lie on something, you 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 know, you don't really want a big sort of size ball that's quite hard to maneuver around. So this is where that all came from. And that's why we did the three different modes. And it, it, it's it's being, I mean, we, we're, this is the prototype that you're seeing right now. So uh, it really has been outstanding to what I had, uh, you know, put the thought in behind it, but didn't really know if we'd get the outcome. So very, very excited. So this is more, you could use similar to what you're using Flow Vibrate if you wanted to. Uh, where this is more of an advantage is uh, in the diaphragm to release the Sorry, diaphragm. Yeah. And so we don't think of that, right? We don't think of releasing that diaphragm. And, and that is where you hold, especially if you're a woman who worry about a lot, you hold a lot of stress in that stomach. It's like you've been punched in the guts. That's why that saying's there. And that is where there's a thing called the cisterna chile. And the cisterna chile is like a reservoir where all the fluid that's coming from the legs, lower abdomen, meets at that point before it comes up to the thoracic duct. And what we've found is that it changes its way that it is based on what's going on for you. So they've done studies on this, they've actually done x-rays and everything to show it changes shape based on your illness. So, and it, we find with really stressed out people, especially women and who, you know, that are in that worry stage and all the rest, kind of, it's like a fist. Mm-hmm. It's like having a fist in there. So this is where this is great. You can just lie there and put your hands on top of the ball and just leave it. And it'll slowly create this pulsation where it's just trying to get it to move gently rather than, Uh, you know again pushing and shoving you to change we're allowing it and I think you know if you've got knee surgery or you've done any sort of major you know um, where you've got major scarring and that kind of thing like we're testing it on we talked earlier you know about episiotomy scars uh, you know there's a lot of prostate issues there's things like that whereas this thing you're fully clothed you can just be sitting on it maneuvering it gently to create change so we really it's in early days of studies but very, very excited to see what we've seen so far. So this is beautiful. So both of these target the fascia and in, and then also as a result, lymphatic drainage. Correct. Great. And so this will be called, this is Flow, this is flow Vibrate, the little handheld, yep. the first one. And that's one. called Flow Orb. Flow Orb. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Um, and so this will be hitting the world sometime at the beginning of February. Yes, we're correct. We're launching February 2024. Yes. This is exciting. This is all exciting. All of our little vibrating toys here. 
<laughs> so this is the stuff you can take home. And then the Flopresso, basically, do you have yet any kind of directory that people can go to to find a practitioner near them? Yes. Yeah, so if you go has... onto our website, there is a try, T-R-Y page where you can go and put in your details and we will locate a place near you and give you an idea where to go. So that is definitely available for people. You know, so, and, you know, we're, as I said, we only launched February 2020, but to be honest, it was August last year that we really sure. started to pump out. And, you know, we, you know, it's changing every couple of weeks, the location. So, you know, it's just a matter of letting us know, and then we try to find someone near you. Amazing. Well, Desiree, this has been amazing. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thanking for we're in we're in Las Vegas right now, guys. So by the time this hits, the, you know, A4M will be long gone. We're just Correct. we decided to record this while we were fresh before the conference hits. Because <laughs> find us in four days, we'll both be lying in Flopresso suits, kind of catatonic. <laughs> Hopefully, um, yeah, with any luck. So thank you so much to everybody who's been listening. Please send us your questions and your comments. This is such an incredible growing space and growing area, um, and. Desiree, you guys are doing such amazing work research-wise. So where can people find you and learn more about the work that you're doing and kind of keep abreast of everything that that you're uncovering? Yeah, so we have obviously our website, which will have all the details um, in, in this podcast. But, you know, and also I am on Instagram under my name. But, you know, we're, we're bringing out more and more stuff. Uh, we're just, you know, changing our website at the moment and there'll be a lot more clinical environment, you know, clinical information for you if you want it on there by early next year, hopefully, all going well. And uh, Early and this year, next year, like 2024. 2024, yeah. Right. We okay. will be launching more information. We've uh, we've had a lot going on with what we could and couldn't say. So we've just been wanting to do this. You know, we're very big about transparency and ensuring that what we're putting up on our website, people know. But our research can be located uh, that we did with our first responders. You can request that from us as well. We're more than happy to share that. And any other information that you think that might be relevant, just reach out, especially via the website. The team are there all the time, even though we're based in New Zealand. We are, you know, the great advantage of time differences. When you're asleep, we're returning your response. So <laughs> when you wake up, it's there. So, uh, you know, we're always around. So what's the the, the website URL is flopresso.co.co.nz. So we're just still under there. We're going to have a .com soon, though. So. All right. All right. <laughs> we're waiting for the .com. But in the meantime, it's flopresso, that's two E's, uh, two S's, sorry, one E, two S's, at .co.nz. Mm-hmm. So just make sure you don't let that .com come in just yet. It's coming. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been so great. Yeah, it was lovely to talk to everyone. Before we wrap up today's episode, I'd love to invite you to sign up for my newsletter. Each week, I share my biggest key takeaways from that week's podcast episode, giving you insight into how to take action on what you learned in the interview. Plus, I share the biohacks I'm loving that week and why, as well as facts and tips about peptides for longevity. To join the newsletter, head over to natalienidham.com forward slash newsletter to get access now or find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning in to today's episode. I wish you all the best this week in biohacking your superhuman performance. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, 
mattnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.